Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is the Ninja Pastor with Sunday's God in Country with Dr. Sean. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical reverend. Dr. Sean is a proud U.S. military veteran, former law enforcement officer, founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through his riveting national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This show is biblically and politically engaged in the battle to save our country, with a pedal to the metal, with this Sunday's edition of Sundays with Dr. Sean. Buckle up. Here's your host, the author of the critically acclaimed book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Reverend Dr. Sean, the Ninja Pastor, with today's message. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me here and joining our Kehala. We have a live audience here. Uh, a lot of great eating as as we do every week. Now everybody's noshing on popcorn. Uh, everybody's a little sleepy, but I promise you this: it's a lively audience. There, we've had the shofar blow a couple of times. Wes has made it happen, and we're uh, we're glad for it. What a blessing! What a blessing! So it's such a blessing to to have you join us from all around the world. Uh, it seems like every week we we tick up a little bit in the numbers, and I'm very appreciative of that. I'm very appreciative of all you who share this. Um, on social media and you know all, all your different networks of people and if you have email lists and all that also send folks to the ninjapastor.com drshawngreener.com uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor follow me at the ninja pastor on twitter and also if you like photographs i have a lot of photographs on instagram so anyhow there we have it kind of crazy this is going to rock and roll at you may not make sense but it'll come together in the end Warriors hear the call and warriors come equipped to fight. Now, here's the truth. This is what we know is true. President-elect Donald Trump and Vice President-elect Mike Pence won by both the popular vote and the Electoral College. It may be the first time some of you have heard that they did, in fact, win the popular vote. So can we dispense with all of the rabble-rousing now since they say that he's not my president, uh, that he wasn't elected by a popular vote, but when, in fact, he was? by a fairly decent number, given all the divisiveness. So let's put that to rest and put your signs away and your flag stepping shoes and your lighter fluid burning the flags and setting cars on fire and such. So they won. We know that they won. And many conservative Christians think now hey, we can we can relax. We can put our feet up. You're perfectly allowed to do that here. Uh, we can put our feet up and we can go on coast for the next four years. They say, hey, you know what? I've got election fatigue. I'm tired. And now I'm just going to take a break. You can take a little break from keeping the republic and keeping the faith. <laughs> Excuse me. A lot of folks, uh, they will say that they're, they're in it to win it, that they just need to take a little break. And sadly, being said a lot in churches, by the way, welcome to our chat. Uh, we're glad to have New York represented. Israel represented. Gadi, welcome, welcome. Glad to have you. Um, it's kind of a cool thing to have 
such interesting people. Gotti is a great guy, American Akbar, and he has a great radio host. I'm, I'm so fortunate to have, through doing this, to have met some really amazing people, and uh, he's one of them. So we can't, uh, as Christians, we look at it and we say, hey, what a relief. By the way, I'm going to give you a statistic. You ready for this? It's going to blow you away. Maybe it won't. President-elect Donald J. Trump has been to church already since the election more times for a non-campaign where he's speaking event, actually just attending church. He's been to church more times than Barack Obama has been the entire time he's been president. How stunning is that? Now, see, we throw a lot of rocks at, at Donald Trump because we say, hey, he's not my guy. He's crude. He's sinner, does all those things. Uh, but you know what? Somehow or another, he's doing what he said he was going to do. So many others don't. Here's the thing. As Christians, we all think that we, we have this opportunity to take a break. We just take a break. We put it on coast. Put it in. Uh, you ever you ever be now? This is you know probably a lot of you haven't done this, but uh, I remember being so poor as a as a sailor, a Navy sailor, and and uh, just in general, just not having much money as a as a young guy, and uh, being on my motorcycle, and you know you know you need gas, you know you really 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 need gas, but you don't really 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 have money for gas, so you clutch it or you pop it into neutral on the hills when you're going down the hills, right? You're just letting it kind of glide, really kind of hope, and you do that kind of wiggle thing to switch some gas around. You're just praying, man, I just got to make it to the gas station. But you're on coast, right? So you think that being on coast, you know, I can relax now, but you can't because you know the gas tank is almost empty. The little light has been on for miles, and you could swear that you're hearing it spit and sputter here and there so you're nervous. You still can't let up, right? Because you know the tank is empty, close to empty. You're running on fumes. Well, that's how we are in this country. As Christians, as followers of the way, as Jews, we are in a real predicament. And my purpose today, uh, actually this dear lady, Miss Gloria, asked me last week uh, when we were leaving, what are some verses on warriors, being a warrior in the Bible? What are, what are some things that tell us that we're to be warriors? And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? That's not preached about very much. It's politically incorrect to talk about, hey, sometimes God regulated, and sometimes God used his people to regulate. By regulate, I mean put a whoop on somebody, put a beat down on them, uh, to make some folks disappear. And people say, well, that's very unchristian. It's a very unchristian thing to say. I want to address something really quick in the popular culture that happened this weekend. Um, I can tell you, uh, my buddy Doug has been affiliated with directly and closely with uh, now Pre uh, Vice President-elect Mike Pence for many, many years. He was the communication director and speechwriter for many, many years. He's known him for many, many years, so he's one of the, the best guys. Everybody I know that knows him has just ranted and raved. They said he's, he's genuinely an amazing human being, an amazing follower of the gospel and, and a, a principled man. And so we couldn't do better, I don't think, having him as vice president. All that said to say that uh, his kids do different things. One, one is in the Marine Corps, Marine Corps officer serving, the other active duty, and, and uh, one of his other kids uh, is in filmmaking, does filmmaking, things of that nature, works with Hollywood. Um, and, you know, he likes a play just like anybody else. He and his family, they want to they they be able to go and, and support a show like Hamilton. 
right? My daughter has seen it, I don't know how many times, three or four times, I think. Uh, her mother and her have waited in line, shall I say, her mother has waited in line for eight hours to get tickets to see the show, and, and it's, it brings her to tears every time she sees it. I have the soundtrack on my on my iTunes. I listen to it. I love listening to it. I love listening to it with my daughter because she, with such passion, recites the things on there and says, Dad, did you realize that, you know, Alexander Hamilton did this and that this happened and this is why this happened? What a tragic waste. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Alexander Hamilton was killed in a duel with his, with, with really what was really his mentor, Mr. Burr. He was actually his mentor early on, but they had this jealousy. Burr had a jealousy toward him. And, and so there's a great story there. It's a powerful story. And it's one of the great tragedies of our, of our history as a country. And yet most people don't know that. What's interesting to me is the, the cast of Hamilton on Broadway, one of the most successful Broadway shows ever in history, already one of the most successful, most celebrated shows ever in history. And I thought that was interesting. I thought it's interesting how um, you rap history, you kind of sing rap history. Now, I like Broadway. I'm, I'm a, I'll admit, I, I really like Broadway. I like Broadway plays. Uh, I like entertainment. I like great music. I like great writing. I like to go see a show. I was just, if you go to my travel log that I did with my daughter a few years ago, we, uh, we went to New York City. We took in some shows. Ironically, we saw one night, the first night we were there, we saw Amazing Grace. And then uh, the next show we saw was Wicked. I know, crazy. Boom, boom. Kind of a juxtaposition. But it was really interesting to see. And we were moved to tears. I mean, we were bawling. We were just straight up bawling during Amazing Grace. It was so powerful. By the intermission, we were just a mess. Um, plus, it was the, hot, the, the hottest days in New York City. It was like 104 heat index. We were about to melt anyway, so we were glad to see some fluid coming out of our bodies because we thought we'd be sawdust by then. But we were very moved, so I like that. So some background, you know, I've always been into that. I've always, I've, I was in plays and thespian and all this stuff, and, and I was just really into acting and singing and all that stuff. And so it's just something I really like. So in full disclosure, I'm just going to say that's something I like. However, there's a, there's a misconception in Hollywood and in the elitist New York. Remember uh, Ted Cruz, I think it said, talking about New York values. You know, we don't want your New York values. Well, this is one of the things that he was talking about, New York values. And the fact of the matter is, and it's interesting to me that Donald Trump's city, his name is all over that city. Uh, many of the shows most people don't know would have never seen the first curtain had it not been for Donald Trump didn't even have his name listed uh, as a uh, financier of different shows. And he just did it. He just did it because he said, hey, this is a good show. I'm going to help. I'm going to contribute to it. I'll be glad to help. No accolade, no nothing. So it is interesting to me that Mike Pence goes to see a show uh, with his family and specifically his daughter, and he gets booed. By the way, welcome to chat. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So he gets booed when he comes in, and they do some other booing, and you know, and, and he was very gracious. He you know waved to people and and shook some people's hands and stuff. But it was it was not a gracious uh, air quotes welcome for you in Radio Land. You didn't see that, but that's what I just did. A big air quotes. I'll do it again so you could look a little closer. So he goes in, and he's he's very gracious in the show. But at at the curtain call, as you guys have probably read by now, the cast thought. It would be a really great idea 
if we read this prepared statement uh, and basically chastising in advance the Trump administration for uh, marginalizing or maybe ripping away rights from LGBTQE people, from actors, actresses, blah, 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 from uh, marginalizing uh, and disaffecting and disenfranchising black people, Latinos, I don't know what else. There was a bunch. They, nobody ever seems concerned about Chinese or Japanese people in America. Why, why is that? Nobody fights for them. Yeah, they're self-sufficient, right? They're like, hey, don't fight me. I don't need to fight. No, I do it. You know, but everybody else, there's always these big problems. Hey, I need you to fight for me. Fight together. Stand together. We're going to be, you know, and all this. And, and so, uh, you know, they have this statement. It's kind of an ignorant statement. And first of all, uh, it was Gloria brought to my attention that they made a statement uh, that it was inalienable rights. They wrote it in there. It's not what it says. It's unalienable. Right. So there's a big difference between the two. And you know what? When we're talking about founding documents, just like Scripture, we can't make it say whatever we want to fit our agenda. Big difference. It's not a dictionary. We can't go, well, we're just going to do this a little different. We're going to do inalienable because we like that better. Unalienable speaks to from God, from nature and nature's God. So here's the problem. Here's a really big problem. They thought, the cast thought, and they were very brave in doing it, right, because Secret Service is there, and they just randomly shoot people. Mostly mostly police and uh, Secret Service, they shoot minorities and gay people. I don't know if you didn't know that. You didn't know that. So they were very brave. They had the brave faces on. And in solidarity, they're holding hands, right, because they're holding hands, because that's what we do. Some of the cast, I think, was holding hands for different reasons, but that's a different story. But the point is they're holding hands. And they come forward, and they've got their serious faces on, and they chastise the president, the vice president-elect of the United States of America. And by proxy, of course, they chastise President-elect Donald J. Trump. Here's the only problem with that. 30 years this man has been in public service. Mike Pence has been in public service for almost as long. Uh, well, Trump's not been in public service, but he certainly served the public through a lot of his, uh, his, his uh, philanthropic things that he's done. But he's been in a public eye, needless to say. He's, he's been in a public eye. Nobody's ever called the man a racist. Nobody ever called him a homophobe. Nobody's ever. By the way, did you hear that he interviewed Peter Thiel of, if I know what Peter Thiel is the CEO of? PayPal. He's openly gay, been openly gay for a long time. He was invited to come speak at the Republican National Convention. Guess who invited him to speak? Donald Trump. Donald Trump's never been called a homophobe, never, never in time, until he runs against Hillary Clinton. Isn't that interesting? But now, interestingly, we all hear, you say, well, Sean, what's this got to do with church? It's got everything to do with church. I'm going to bring it home for you. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. I'm trusting God. So now, all of a sudden, we're hearing that uh, people are afraid, right? We've got, we've got middle school, actual middle school and public schools right now being permitted to leave class en masse, walk out of school in a sign of silent Solidarity. There, we're together. We're, we're. He's not our president. Well, he's not your president because you couldn't vote, idiot. So get back into school and play some dodgeball and learn some toughness. Take your pink bully shirt off. Anyway, let's never stop bullying. Pink bully shirts. I don't get it. You know what stops bullying? Fist to the face. That's what stops it. A throat punch every single time. Uh, maybe a leg sweep followed up. I just, I'm not advocating violence, but look, that shuts down a bully quick. Pink shirts have never been known to stop a bully, I'm telling you. You know what happens with a pink shirt? You get punched in the face, 
the blood shows really well on the pink shirt. What happened to you? Oh, I got bullied. Wait a second. Does the shirt work? Because I don't think so. Maybe try a different fabric. Maybe some chartreuse. That would work either. So my point in this, believe it or not, there is a point, is we've got colleges all across the country in, 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 in uh, public universities. We've got colleges all across the country who the professors are giving extra credit if people go out of the class, make signs, and, and fight against the injustice that is President-elect Donald J. Trump. They're literally giving them extra credit for doing that. They're literally saying, we're going to excuse you from the next series of exams if you participate in this civil disobedience. Here's the problem with that. What is the big plank of the Democrat? Wait, but I got one more thing to say. I got a bunch more things to say, but this one more thing. Keith Ellison, how many of you ever heard me speak about Keith Ellison? Uh, you know, got sworn in on Thomas Jefferson's two volume set of the Quran that Thomas Jefferson had. Everybody loves to say on the left, well, that was a secret. He, was, he loved Muslims. He was actually thinking about becoming a Muslim. He was studying it so he could learn to be a Muslim. No, he studied the Quran to know what the enemy was that was stealing all of our money from the halls of Montezuma, the shores of Tripoli. He instituted the Navy as a result of this. He said, you know what? We're done with this. We're going to start blowing some ships out of the water. We've got to learn how you think. Oh, by the way, you follow this book? Anybody that follows this book is trouble. You know, back then. So Keith Ellison, a very militant Muslim, raises his hand and swears in on, first time in history, by the way, swears in on not the Holy Bible, but the Quran. So he swears in on the Quran, which... Being an adherent to the Quran, being an adherent to the Quran makes you impossible to be a good American. It makes you impossible to swear to a constitution, to swear an oath, to support and defend the constitution, to uphold and defend the constitution. You can't do it. Why? Because it says you're to make no oath to anything other than Allah. So here's the problem. Here's the problem. We've got this guy, and now guess what? The great DNC, the great DNC, Democrat National Convention Committee, says, hey, you know who we'd like to have as our new leader? Keith Ellis. Hey, you know, we really listened to what happened in this big election, and, uh, you know, we're, we're going to go with uh, Keith Ellison. That's what we're going to do. We think we're going to do that. So they're floating that around and doing that. You say, what's that have to do with church? I'm going to tell you. I, I've been promised that I'm going to tell you. It's going to tell you everything. So the leader of the Democrat National Committee, if they elect this guy, is going to be a guy who prior to running public for public office is on tape, not tape. Nobody tapes anybody anymore. Uh, he's, he's, he's on digital recording and video and audio and all these things. Say, look, we've got to be. You've got to be tough. You've got to be tough. They're the enemy. Who's the they? You and me, Christians, followers of the way, Jews. That's the reality. This is the guy that they selected, and there's hours and hours and hours of his speeches. And now guess what? They want to put him forward to be the guy, the new guy, the new head guy. Right? Because Debbie Washerman Schultz wasn't anti-God enough. So it's going to be this guy. Here's the thing. You have to look around you. As a Christian, you have to look around you and say, what are, what are the things I need to be aware of? Who's, ever, who's in here ever gone to the grocery store at nighttime? Anybody? Right, we all have. I, 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 I don't recommend it. I think it's getting fuel, certainly not going to the ATM. I don't go to the ATM, but 
getting fuel. You have to have money to go to an ATM. I heard, I learned that. I, saw, I heard everybody talk about this ATM thing. So I put my card in and I'm like, this is not as much fun as I thought it was. You know, but you, if you have money, you go to the ATM. But don't do it at nighttime. Here's the problem. You look around. You say to yourself, maybe this isn't smart. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this at night. Maybe I should go to a different neighborhood, you know, one that doesn't have a bunch of robberies going on. And I certainly shouldn't do it after dark, but, you know, I should be thoughtful. I should be situationally aware. I should look around. I should pay attention, right? This is something important for all of us to do is common sense. You've had that feeling, right? Yes, amen. Anybody? Bob, your head. So now we as Christians, we're the people. Right? And we want to keep the republic because the republic was founded on Judeo-Christian values. We know this is true. They can rewrite history. I, I, I talked to a guy today who I have great respect for. Joe Evans is a great, great man. Uh, he's a, a black conservative uh, Republican from Texas, Beaumont, Texas. He's been a leader in the Republican Party down in Texas. He's a, he's a great guy. But he expressed concern over something, not just that I had said. I don't think he was specifically complaining about something I said. Uh, it's all over the Internet. Uh, Democrats, I haven't seen Democrats this angry since Republicans stopped slavery. Right? That sounds like a silly, pedantic statement, but you know what it is? It's true. It's a true statement. It's history. I talked, if any of you uh, have a desire to listen to me rattle on for two hours, go and download or listen to last week's show, last Wednesday's show, and I talked all about that. I gave you part of the timeline. Decades and decades and decades and decades and decades of the actual historical timeline. The party of inclusion, the party of, of blessing to black people and minorities in general is not the Democrat. The party that, that is a blessing to minorities in general is the Republican Party, conservatives in general, much kinder. I've talked before lots of times on air about the, uh, the fact that uh, Christians and conservatives are far more generous, voluntarily generous, than are Democrats and liberals, right? You guys remember me saying that? Remember me saying that? You remember me saying that, you know, how the liberals want to do it? Their idea of being generous is passing a law that they're excluded from that make you give more money to the things they think are worth giving money to, or such as abortion, Planned Parenthood, things of that nature. But the question is, when I brought up that ATM thing, you know, you're kind of, a, your head's on a swivel. You're looking around, you're paying attention. You know, you, you hopefully you're a concealed carry person, but if you're not, maybe you have a, a stun gun and, uh, you, you know, something, some sort of device, mace, something, some way to protect yourself. And you're alert, you're aware. Your greatest tool of protection is your mind. So your, your situational awareness. But you've got that on. So you're looking out for what? A specific threat to your life, to your wellness, to your freedom, to your well-being, to your money. Right, because you're going to the ATM. You want your money. You want to get your money. You're not getting somebody else's money out. Get your money out. And you don't want some schmuck to come up and rob you because they got a drug problem or somehow or another they're disenfranchised of you know Donald Trump now the president. They're going to rob everybody. Here's the thing: as Christians, as followers of our faith and followers of our way, we've got to be warriors. We've got to have that same situational awareness. Here's what's going on. I brought up I brought up uh, Hamilton. Now, I'm going to tie this together for you in a neat little bow. Maybe not so neat because I'm not great at tying bows. The point is, Hamilton stands up there, the whole cast of Hamilton, the great Broadway play, holding hands, solidarity, got their serious faces on. The same face, I don't know if this is learned in liberal school, 
when Michelle Obama, you remember when the Nigerian, was it Nigerian girls were taken? Remember 300 Nigerian girls were taken, sold into sex slavery. Most of them were killed. We haven't heard the updates from Michelle Obama's uh, hashtag, bring back our girls, you know, whatever. Is that what she said? Something stupid. And there's a picture of her with a piece of paper, hashtag, bring back our girls, something like that. This is our foreign policy now. This is, this is our idea of, of how to say we're going to hashtag to a bunch of, of people that live in the desert and in, and, and, and in Africa who 90-some percent of them don't have the Internet and they don't follow Michelle Obama, I'm sorry to say, on Twitter. And when she's holding up this thing, but the thing that she's got is this face. Radio audience can't see it, but I'm, I'm imitating it. It's dead on. Right? You just saw Michelle Obama just now. That was me. I, that, I didn't put a picture up. It wasn't a hologram. Michelle Obama, sat face. So the Hamilton crew, they're all standing up there. They're holding hands in their righteous indignation, and they're saying to the vice president-elect, and I'm sorry to say, all of you, they weren't just talking to him because you're deplorable if you voted for him, voted for Mike Pence. If you're a gun-clinging, Bible-toting, Christian, my lands, you're the worst. You're the worst. Frankly, if you're a white person, you're the worst. You couldn't be a worse person. White, Christian, gun carrier, you're, you're the worst person on the planet. You're intolerable. You're, 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 uh, you're deplorable. This is who they're talking to. They're standing up in front of you with this righteous indignation, with the Michelle Obama, bring back our girls, hashtag uh, face, and they're saying, you know, look, we know you're going to do this unless we, we uh, throw shade on you. This is the new thing I'm learning, throwing shade. That's a new thing you do. You throw shade on somebody, that means you're so, – so that's what they're doing, and they're showing, hey, man, we're not going to push us around because we're actors and actresses, and we sing and we dance and we rap. We rap thing. It'll scare us. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. When they stand up there like this, and they're they're wagging their little fingers at at the vice president elect and they're wagging it at you, they're saying to you, Look, we don't we don't believe anything you say ever. And they can't even get it right. We don't believe anything you people say, we don't trust you. And we're not going to follow you. We're not going to do what you say. We're not going to. We're not going to come along. That's not what we're going to do. So newsflash: we're we're going to make this big statement. Here's what you don't know. Many of you don't know this. I happen to know this. Here's what they did before the show. Before the show, you know, you see the attendance. Like at at, at Amazing Grace, it was a low, fairly low budget show, uh, and it was a great show, but it was very low budget compared to. Like Wicked, you know, Wicked's been there, what, 100 years. Uh, you know, Wicked's got booths and special stuff and all this stuff, uh, you know, and there's 100 attendants wandering around helping you. And would you like to buy something? How about a Coke for $20, you know, type of thing. So at Hamilton, they have that same thing. So we have these pieces of paper. They're handing these pieces of paper out to people, and they're saying, you know, hey, uh, a little bit later is going to be an opportunity for you if you are on Twitter. Hurry up and follow us on Twitter and, you know, Tweet, you're going to have an opportunity to tweet something out. Something's going to happen. You're going to tweet it out. But, you know, whatever. Be ready. Have your phone ready. I mean, don't have your phone on while we're doing the show because that would be rude. We wouldn't want rude, right, because we're the most kind, tolerable people. We don't want rudeness. 
So what happens is, at the end of the show, you know, after all the booing takes place, at the end of the show, they take this opportunity, and then they encourage the audience, after reading their ridiculous speech, they encourage the audience, hey, people on social media, tweet this out. Facebook this. Yeah, Facebook Alive. They wanted all the coverage they could get. Why? Because despite their anti-God, anti-Christian, anti-Jew agenda, anti-life agenda, anti-freedom, anti-constitution agenda, despite all of their cheating that they've done leading up to this election, they were sure Hillary Clinton was going to be president of the United States. They were sure that people would come in droves to vote for Hillary Clinton, the one who wants to kill babies after they're born. We're sure it's going to be Hillary. We're going to break the glass swing for women. Hey, look, I'm not against the woman president. I'm all for it. I know three women right now. If they ran for president, I'd vote for them. I just didn't want that woman. They were so sure of it. George Soros spent $300 million of his own money to foil the election, and all he got was a stupid I'm with her T-shirt. Made in China, by the way. Despite all the rigging at the polls, despite everything they did, they didn't win. Remember me bellowing on, much like today, about the souls to the polls? Remember that big push? This is, this is a huge thing, and they do it in black churches. The white old politicians schlep off to the black churches on one particular Sunday, and they push souls to the polls. That's what they do. So they go in, and they try to act like they know the spirituals, and they act like they know the gospel you know, songs, and they try to bounce like they know it, and they don't know it, and they're sitting there sweating, and you know, they don't know what they're doing. It's, you can see they're a total fish out of water. So not a Jesus fish, by the way, out of water. I mean, total fish out of water. So, so they're there, and they do this thing, and it's so sickening. It's so absolutely sickening. If I were a black person, and if I'm a black Christian, I'd be appalled. The thing I don't understand is how in the black church can you support an agenda that's killing 82% of your babies? How in the world can you do it? How can you support a woman whose hero is Margaret Sanger, who says, I want to kill all the black people, exterminate all the black people? That's why I did this Planned Parenthood thing. How can you support somebody that says, hey, let the baby be born, then we'll kill it? Godless. So these people that are standing up on the stage with such righteous indignation, looking down upon the thing, telling everybody, hey, tweet this out, Facebook Live, blah, blah, blah. These people are telling this, this man of great honor, Mike Pence, they're telling him he doesn't know how it is. They, don't, they, they know how it is. They've been around. The thing I want you to understand tonight is you've got to be a warrior. You've got to be a warrior. And if you're a conservative Christian or Jew, you had better be a warrior. No better way to be a warrior than a warrior of the word. You see, the reason why most people don't fight, and this is Christians, folks, because, because I started to tell you, I'll, I'll finish this up. Have you been seeing all the whining and crying, safe space sissies, hashtags trending on, on uh, Twitter? I'm the I'm the starter of that. I started that. Safe space. I don't get a dime for every I wish I got a penny even for as many times as been safe space sissy. So hashtag safe that's my thing. So all these people are running around crying, but you need to understand there's two separate people on the left, right? There's two separate people, very, very, very distinct separate. There are the sheep that follow the big wigs. You know, the Al Gores and the Hillary Clintons and all that stuff, they're the people that know it's a sham. They know it's a sham. They're in on the deal. It's a deal. They make money. Al Gore doesn't believe in 
he doesn't believe in global warming. He believes in making money. It's a scam. It's a total scam. They don't believe in, in uh, Obamacare. They believe in capturing one-sixth of the economy so that then they have power over life and death, and they can tell you, hey, you know what? You've got to spend on the government for this. We'll help you out. But then there's the sheep that follow them. You know, they follow them wherever with their little sign. They'll go and they'll tip over a few trash cans and get paid 15, 20 bucks an hour to do that. Well, if you set a, set a police car on fire, it's a double bonus. Right? They bust them in, they give them money, they give them food, and they say, hey, this is what we want you to do. Power to the people. You know, he's not our president. So they do this, and guess what happens? These people go because they're in on it, man. They're like, hey, we're in. We're, we're, we're in the cause, right? They got their right fist up, unless they are dumb, and then they put their left fist up because they don't know that doesn't mean what they think it means. But they go, and they stop, and then somebody shoves a, a microphone in their face and says, so why are you rioting? I mean, demonstrating. Uh, we're against Donald Trump's racist ways. Well, what specifically has he done that's racist? Uh, everything, so many things, too many, power of the people. And then they walk on chanting their stupid stuff, wearing their dumb T-shirts, smelling bad. I don't want to have to say it, but it's true. Why, why don't they shower? I don't know. Does that hurt? Is that painful? I'm sure their mom's basement has a shower in it. So here's the thing. These people who are godless, who hate God, hate everything about God, hate everything about you. They hate you. You need to understand, these people, they're following the people that know it's a sham. But the people down here that are doing all this, the little foot soldiers, they don't know it's a sham. They believe all this. They believe every bit of it. They believe, hey, we're fighting for the cause, just like civil rights back in the, when was it, I don't know, 20 years before I was born. So they think they're really doing something. They're really making progress, progressive, change. This is what we're doing all that. We're fighting. We're not giving up this easy. So now what's happening? We see all the boo-hooing and the crying and the safe spaces and all this stuff, and, and Hillary Clinton's looking kind of bad. You know, that one picture that's being sent out, I watched the whole speech. That's not true. That's been Photoshopped. Uh, she does look bad. No, but I never thought Hillary looked good. But that does look bad. No offense to her. That does look bad, but it's not true. There's a thing put out on social media. They've darkened some things, and it's it's not right. They shouldn't do that. I don't believe in doing that at all. I don't think really making fun of that is – that's not the point. She's evil enough without making fun of how she looks. The point that I'm trying to make here is that people are actually saying on the right, conservatives in church are saying, look, as Christians, we don't – we don't revel in their loss. We don't revel in their sorrow. Hey, Hillary, she's been fighting for this for a long time. She's, she's obviously clearly devastated. Look at her. She's devastated. She's heartbroken. She thought she was going to do it. She really thought she was going to win. And, yeah, well, we don't agree with a lot of stuff. We don't agree with anything, they say, but we want to temper it, right? So we say, what do we say? We say, hey, we've got to take it easy on her. We can't, you know, we, 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 can't, we can't gloat, right, because we use the term gloat because that's bad. You know, we want to gloat. Nobody wants to gloat. What are you doing? I'm gloating. Nobody proudly says I'm gloating, you know. But here's the thing. In churches all across America, we're being told, okay, we won. People have spoken. But now we've got to take it a little bit easier on our, on our brothers and sisters, right? Because they're, they're really hurt. They're really hurt, and they're sad, and they work so hard. And they're just people. They want a good America just like you and me. No, they don't, preachers across America. They don't want that. What they want is to kill babies on your dime all day long, every day, 365 days a year, 
no matter what, with impunity. What they want to do is they want to take your hardworking money. By the way, have you heard, this is something that's going to come out in the next few weeks, and if it doesn't come out in the next few weeks, it will come out during the investigation. There's an undercurrent in the Obama administration who has been floating the idea of taxing or creating a fee for sanctioned churches. Have any of you heard of this? For sanctioned churches that are 501c3 religious organizations to take a percentage of their take, of their offerings. Yeah, yeah. So now you have to file some paperwork and all that stuff. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. We'll take that money. Guess what we're going to use the money for? Fighting you, trying to put you out of business. You say they love America. They love America. Hey, they're not against us. Really? Is that why they want to have us submit transcripts of our sermons so that so that they can say, no, you can't say that? No, you can't say that. You can't. That's against the law. That's hate speech. We're going to call that hate speech. Make that illegal. What I'm trying to illustrate to you now is you're a warrior, whether you know it or not. My goodness, I better get going. You're a warrior, whether you know it or not. You've got to be a warrior of the word, not a worrier of the word, a warrior of the word. You've got to know what you stand for before you let these people convince you that somehow or another you're the problem. Complacency is the problem. Apathy is the problem. Ambiguity of values is the problem. See, we as Christians, we've said for far too long, hey, you know what? I don't want to offend anybody, so I'm I'm going to temper what I preach and what I say. And I'm going to, you know, when I go to work, I'm not going to say anything about, I'm, you know, I used to bring my Bible to read at lunchtime, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to do that. Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to sit in my car, and I'm going to listen to Christian music, and that's better anyway. I'm not going to go to the workplace, because there was a few people that complained, and they gave me some dirty looks, so I'm not going to do that. So we did that. We did that. And it happened with schools, and it happens all over the place. History has been revised. Revisionist history has been revised. Our Christian history has been revised. Our Jewish brothers and sisters, the history has been revised in this country. And now we're being told Muslims have made the greatest contribution. My goodness. NASA's whole deal, their whole mission after Barack Obama, hey, this whole go-to-the-moon business, meh, not so important, even though you're NASA. What we want you to do is research Islamic contribution to the United States, and we want you to really promote that. We want you to become – that's what we want. Hello, waving red flag, blinking red light, flames shooting out my ears. Anybody have a concern with that? And if you think – you say, well, that's Barack Obama. Let it go. He's only going to be in office 60 more days. Come on. It's not that bad. We can do that standing on our head. Here's the problem, folks. He can do a lot of damage in 60 days with relative impunity. Jesse Jackson, the reverend, Jesse Jackson has already said that – Hillary Clinton ought to be, Barack Obama ought to pardon Hillary Clinton. For what? I didn't think she did anything wrong. I just thought, hey, maybe she got one or 15 uh, Blackberries and iPhones and all these different things, and maybe she shouldn't have done that. And she made a mistake, but she wanted to be simpler, but it turned out it wasn't. She wiped it, not with a cloth, but with this thing called bleach bit. And, you know, it's a simple mistake. It was a simple mistake. It's very simple. She didn't mean any harm. It's just, you know, look, she, she was the alternative was even worse than Barack Obama, even worse than Barack Obama. And if you don't think it was bad for the church, my goodness, folks, you couldn't – she wanted to push an agenda where you couldn't speak out against abortion. She's spoken openly about it. Why do you think the head of Planned Parenthood 
followed her around to campaign events, campaign event. Why was she in the crowd every single time? My goodness. They had a lot to gain and a lot to lose. They never thought they'd lose, by the way. They never thought they'd lose because they thought Christians they thought Christians are never going to vote, right? They're never going to come out because 12 million of us stayed at home. Let me talk about something really quick, this racism that the Hamilton cast and so many of these safe space – my son tells me I can't say butthurt anymore, so I'm going to say safe space sissies because that's much more palatable. The safe space sissies keep talking about, oh, you know, we're afraid you're going to take away our rights and we're going to go backwards 100 years and all this stuff. I thought when Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, became president of the United States, I thought that that was – he was going to unite us. We're, we're together, man. We're together. So four years later, he's running for president again trying to stay in office, right, because he needs more time, and what else do he need? He needs more money, right, because it was so bad. The, the, you white Christians really messed it up for us, and you just didn't know. We didn't know because we didn't see because you're so insidious and sneaky. You sneaky bunch of Christians. You ply me with good food and all. And then I find out how bad it is, and guess what? We, have to, we need more time. We need more money. That's what we need. We need more time. We need more. Blah, 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 blah. Gets elected again. Racism now is worse in this country than it was eight years ago. The state of churches in this country is worse than it was eight years ago. You better be a warrior of the word. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, the English uh, Standard Version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. What do you put on armor? Folks, why do you put on armor? You put on armor because you're going to war, you're going to battle. You're a warrior. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. devil uses all kinds of things. Man, he's up to tricks. doesn't care about you and the people he enlists in his army. They don't care about you either. And the left, make no mistake. Look, I have, I have dear friends. I love them. I love them. I love them. I love them. I have gay friends. I have gay relatives. I have, I have dear friends. Who, who are as hardcore left and proud of it, and I love them dearly. And if anybody was to ever threaten to hurt them, it wouldn't be, by the way, a conservative, because we don't do that. But anybody who's ever hurt them, I would step in the way, and I'd fight to defend them. And if it cost me my life, it cost me my life. I love them that much. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. doesn't stop them from being wrong. doesn't stop them from being wrong. Stand against. What are we supposed to stand against? We're supposed to stand against the lies. We're supposed to stand against anti-Christian, anti-God, anti-American values. Because our American values, as we were founded, were what? Judeo-Christian values. Where'd they come from? They came from Scripture. So we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Uh, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Let me just tell you this. People, human beings, George Soros has to have some sort of stamp on him that says made in hell on him. He's an evil human being. I'm not positive he's human. He's evil. He's an evil human being. He's responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths. He's responsible personally for governments collapsing. And he knew he was doing it, and he did it on purpose, and he's trying to do it with America. And, oh, by the way, he's close friends with Hillary Clinton. 
spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Psalm 144, 1 and 2 of David. Blessed be the Lord, my God, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues people under me, who trains my hands for war. Why do we think that defending the nation of Israel back then, it's over with? Well, this is a story. I mean, it's, you know, it's a story. It's a, biblical, it's a Bible story. Anything you do up on flannel graph, it can't be real. Right? The basement of some church somewhere. Who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Folks, that's because war is real. And the war is against Christian values and Judeo-Christian values and Christians and Jews all across this country. You say, well, why don't you ever mention the Baha'i? First of all, does anybody here know anybody Baha'i? Baha'i faith? Anybody know any of that? Right? One a long time ago. You know maybe one. So why are we fighting for them? It's just like the Chinese and the Japanese. They don't mean it's to fight for them. That's, but, but Christians and Jews, my goodness, in the crosshairs, folks, you're the marginalized people. You're the hicks of the world on Wednesday. I'm going to talk about the real poor in the United States of America. I'm going to talk about the fringe of people. Wednesday's show at 4 o'clock. By the way, I'm going to be on Cal Fritzi's show on, I think, 6 o'clock on Tuesday evening on Block Talk Radio. That'll be a lot of fun, being a guest on her show. She's a really, really neat person. Canadian, by the way. Loves America. But on Wednesday, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the truth of poverty in the United States of America. I'm going to talk about what's really going on. And I'm going to talk about who the left really hates. You know, Appalachia, central Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, parts of Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, poverty-stricken, poverty-stricken people. But you want to know what's amazing? Porch may be falling off the house they're living in. It may have no heat, no air conditioning, and probably no food for the belly, but they got a Trump sign out front. You know what else they have in their house? Brings me to tears to even say it. They have a Bible. They have a Bible, and they never stopped clinging to that Bible. They never stopped clinging to the principles that were given to them from God through the Bible, and most of them, 82%, can't read. But they hold the Bible, and they say, my God is my fortress, and I'm putting this on as my breastplate. I'm putting on the whole armor of God. They're the marginalized people. They're the people that we laugh at. I don't laugh at them. I love them. But the left laughs at them. The, the Hamilton cast, as they stand up on the stage, what I'd love to do is say, come on with me, fellas and ladies and whatever. Um, you know, come hold my, not you. I don't want you to hold my hand. The, the next one, hold my hand. So we'll walk and we'll all hold hands. We'll go. And we'll, I'm going to take you some places. We're going to show you some things. And then I want to see how you feel about America and what great thing you're doing being in this great play, which it is a phenomenal play. Soundtrack, music, unbelievable. Unbelievable. One of the best ever. But you think you're doing God's work or Allah's or whoever's work, whatever, or not God or whatever you believe. You think you're doing great work. This is like you're really changing the world. First of all, let's take a little trip. Let's go to Afghanistan. Let's go to Yemen, 
Sana'a. Let's go to those places. Let's go to Iraq. Why not? Let's go to those places. And then let's go to the inner cities. Let's go to certain places in New York City. Let's go to, um, I don't know, let's go to Chicago just for fun. You know where they're killing a bunch of people. Toughest gun laws in the country, but they're killing people. Why not? Free of cost, no obligation to you. We're taking a little trip. We're going to go to those places. And then once we're finished with that, we're going to tour all the churches in Appalachia. We're going to tour the churches in uh, central Pennsylvania and Kentucky and West Virginia and Ohio. We're going to go to these little towns where there's rust on everything and, and buildings are falling in on each other. And the people don't have jobs and, and, and they don't have health care. They don't have anything. And if it weren't for Dolly Parton in Appalachia, they wouldn't be able to read. I kid you not. The woman, I don't want to be behind her in, in heaven. I don't want to be behind her. You, you say what you want about her. Let me tell you what. If you knew what this woman does, a saint, an absolute saint. I, I just learned dental care. She spends millions of dollars on health and dental care for people in Appalachia. Remember I told you all about the books and the reading? Every kid every year gets at least five books, and she pays teachers to come in and teach, go to their homes and teach them to read, all these different things. She's been paying millions of dollars every year for dental and health care for these children. Why? Because the government doesn't care about them. Because they're not a demographic they want to win. I want to take the cast of Hamilton. I'm going to walk them through. And I'm going to say, okay, come on, let's walk through this place. You tell me what the problem is here. You tell me what it is. You, tell, you just tell me what it is, that they haven't seen Hamilton. What are you going to do, give them a DVD or an MP3 of your show? Guess what? They don't have a DVD player or an MP3 player. They don't have that. You know what they'd really like with all this money you're making off the show? They'd like some food, teeth that are rotting out of their heads because you ever hear of Mountain Dew babies? Dew babies? You ever hear that? And who's ever heard that term? Why? Why is it that? Because mamas in Appalachia and the really poor places in the country, they give their kids Mountain Dew. Why? Because Mountain Dew is cheaper than milk. The other reason is most of the places where they live, the water's so polluted, they can't give the kids the water. Now, let's take a little quick trip down to City Hall, Town Hall, the governors, the representatives. What are they? Almost all of them in these places are leftist, progressive Democrats. And we say, they care for the people. They want to help the people. But they've gone past and gone over and gone through and gone around as best they can in their dark-tinted cars, and they buzz by, and they, 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 they don't go to those churches. The souls to the poles, they don't go to those churches. They don't go to them. But you know what? Those people, with their, their tattered Bible in their hand, went to the poles. Somehow or another, they figured out how to get an ID. It's racist. I know that we made them get an ID, but we made them get an ID, and then they found a way. I know it's terrible that we did this because we disenfranchise people in this country, mostly people of color and, and all that. This is what I'm told. I don't know. It's racist to have an ID to have to, to vote. I don't, I don't know. It's Somehow or another, it's racist. I don't know how it is. But these super poor people found a way to get to the polls, and many of them toted their Bibles, many of them through tears streaming down their face said, I'm voting today, and I believe I'm voting the right way. And they did, and they were proud. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Ecclesiastes 3.8, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Folks, don't allow yourself 
churches all across the country, please do not be lulled into thinking that your election weariness is, is somehow a pass and that you can take off the next four years because you can't. You can't now more than ever, more than ever. We've got to get in it to win it. How many of you are pleased with who you're seeing as prospective cabinet members in the Trump-Pence administration? Let me tell you what. General Mattis is one bad dude. That brother gets hired for Department of Defense, going to be some changes up on her because he will regulate. That brother will regulate. He, he, he does. By the way, I'm just going to say this. It's politically incorrect. You've heard me say it before. General Mattis has been on record as saying Muslims have no place in the American military, and he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. I said it two and a half, three, four years ago on the radio. There's they no place in the military. I don't care how patriotic they are. They, if they are a Muslim, they cannot swear an allegiance to anything but Allah. A time for war. It's a time for war. We are in it to win it. We're in the battle. Not to gloat. But, but what happens, Christians, we start to feel sorry for other people, don't we? We start to feel sorry for them. Oh, we beat your pants off, right? You know, I remember I, I was in a baseball game one time. We were up by 19 runs. We're up by 19 runs. The other team, you know, they thought in the first inning, right, they're up to bat. They're, you know, got their got their bad walk and, you know, they're tough and all this stuff. And then by the third inning, we're up by 14 runs. And now they're whining and crying and woo-hoo-hoo, you know. You guys are mean. You know, we weren't all in their faces or making fun of them. Look, I had a mitt. I'll just tell you, I'll confess this to you. I had a base that was not designed for baseballs. It was designed for wiffle balls. That's what I had. We didn't have a lot of money. That's what I had. Catching baseballs with a, a naga hide mitt, for real. I had blisters on my hand at the end of practice. I'm just going to tell you. They wanted us to back off. The parents of the other team were yelling things and all this stuff. And our coach said, hey, it's their job to win. We're not going to rub it in their faces, but it's their job to win. It's their job to defeat us. Our job is to defeat them. That's how this works. Do it with pride. Do it with class. Do it with dignity. Shake their hand when the game is over. Tell them good game. So now all of a sudden the left who hated you, who hates you still, is whining and crying Church, you're supposed to be inclusive and loving and tolerant, but look what you're doing. You're blah, blah, blah. You know? You need to have inclusion and diversity in your cabinet. Came out of WikiLeaks, right? This is how we have to learn everything. The press doesn't find anything out for us. Comes out of WikiLeaks that the whole push was not for, at this same time, in the first Obama administration, the push was not for, let's find the best people we can to fill these important roles. No. It was, there's some good people of color that we need to consider that have influence. We need to have good representation. Somehow or another, Mr. Grinnell is, is now going to be uh, nominated for ambassador to the UN. How many of you know Mr. Grinnell? Uh, amazing guy. Brilliant, brilliant guy. Openly gay guy. He's been openly gay for a long time. He's interviewed on Fox all the time. He's super, super smart. Super, super smart guy. I've met him. He's an amazing human being. Brilliant. Brilliant. Donald Trump says, that's my guy. Really? So he's a homophobe. But he just selected this guy. He didn't select him because he's gay. He didn't say anything about him being gay. He selected him because he's the best person for the job. What a difference. 
What a difference. Did you know Donald Trump is interviewing the head of BET, Black Entertainment Television, about a potential cabinet position? Not because he's black, because he likes how he thinks. He likes how he gets things done. And oh, by the way, you know what one of the questions to these people is? Tell me about your faith. What? Politically incorrect. Tell me about your faith. What if somebody asked you, tell me about your faith? Romans 13:4, amen. For he is God's servant for your good, but if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, this is Isaiah 9:5. tumult in every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Listen, you need to understand something. Ezekiel 25:17. I will execute great vengeance on them with wrathful rebukes. They that then they will know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. Folks, I could go on. I have a whole big long list of it. I'll talk more about it on Wednesday. But I'm going to say this: Do not for one moment think that because the left is whining, the godless left, the cheating, anti-God, anti-life anti-reason, frankly, anti-tolerance, left for one minute with their crying and their boohooing that they've let up. Because there's one thing that is true about the left and is true about the right. First thing we do on the right is we circular firing squad. We get mad at each other. What do agree? We're all dead. Left never does that. Left never does that. So here's the question for you, closing, closing 20 seconds. Are you a warrior of the word? Do you know the word enough to know that when you stand up and fight for what's right and what's good, that you're doing the right thing? Or are you are you involved in politics? Are you involved in self-governance? Are you involved in knowing what's really happening? And are you going to cave because you feel bad, because somebody's feelings got hurt? Only one problem with that. If we do that again, we will have lost the republic. And you know where we lost the republic before? Church. I do not want that to be the case again. God bless you. Please show. Join me on Wednesday on my show, blogtalkradio.com backslash the ninja pastor. God bless you. Thank you for joining me.